and welcome back to the Brace Yourselves podcast, episode number nine, one away from double digits, Ian. Oh, let's do this. God, who'd have thought we'd got here? Now, I'm sure you can hear a jovial, uplifting volume to my voice this week, and, and there's a reason for that, obviously, because Man United finally won a game. Thank the Lord. Finally. Oh, God, it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> That's the birthday celebration I really wanted. It's, such, it's more of a sigh of relief for me than, I think, uh, excitement. It's just well, like not from me, but Ollie as well, in the yeah. sense of his job was really on the line. And he managed again, as he always seems to do, to clutch it at the last second and keep his job for probably another three weeks at least. So Man United's roller coaster of a season goes on, but there has been another fantastic delectable medley of football this weekend oh bring that with 10 pound words may have got to i need motivation um okay so ian we're recording this on a thursday usually we record it on a wednesday because i was absolutely shattered so forgive any foggy brain that i may have viewers but the football was truly wonderful this weekend where shall we start this week ian uh, should we start low and go high or high well, and low? Do we match the day it or do we <laughs> talk about points of interest? Um, let's, let's, well, if we're starting low, then we have to start with the beginning of the weekend, which was the boring Brighton-Burnley game. As I've written in the notes, Ian, Danny, well disappointing. Um, well disappointing. Well disappointing. One, I wasn't even aware that Danny, Rel- Danny Welbeck was playing for Brighton. <laughs> no. <laughs> Two... He should have had a bloody hat trick with the amount of chances he missed. Look, I've always have a, I'll always have a soft spot for Danny Welbeck because he's, you know, one of those average players that played United but always benefited from the system rather than his actual ability and then, you know, moved to Arsenal and then Watford and obviously now to Brighton. But some of those were harder to miss than score. Now, obviously, I know Nick Pope is a quality goalkeeper, and I'm not taking anything away from that, but I think there's a historical fact here that I believe this is the most attempted shots on target in a game from a team that haven't scored in Premier League history. I believe that's what was floating around. I think it's 19 they had, and they did not score. And again, just compounds what we've been saying about Brighton for weeks, that they are maybe the unluckiest team in the Premier League. And maybe the hardest working but not rewarded team in the Premier League. Okay, apologies, listeners. Um, very exciting news. Some of my PS5 stuff just turned up a week early to tease me for a week while I wait for the actual console to arrive. So, you know, I'm sure those who have an appreciation for video games will understand why I had to step Ooh, away. Words. Too much excitement. Like the amount too, of mu- too much. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited. I won't lie to you. <laughs> and I'm glad it's coming out um, while there's no midweek football on so I can just dedicate the time to it. Brighton, very unlucky, Indeed. I think, Ian. So unlucky. Should have been, been theirs, easy yeah. peasy, but it's, it's not looking like their season, which is a real shame. Um, I just I really they, don't want them to go down. That's exactly what I was going to say. I just want them to stay afloat, because like, maybe next season it will all come together. Maybe post-Christmas it will all come together. I think it's there. It's just making it work, and they need to do it fast. Don't you think they're just Bournemouth 2.0 in in a sense of their trajectory and and pro, sorry sort of predestined sure. fate because it, yeah. essentially they don't have the finances to buy the players they need to survive in the Premier League. That's just the reality. And a couple of additions to that squad. And don't get me wrong, Lamptey's like the example of scouting, yeah. 
a big club uh, mismanaging potential, whatever you want to say, but that's not going to happen with every player. Not every player is going to be like, a, we spent 400k on him and he turned out to be incredible. The reality is most players nowadays cost a little bit under what they're worth or you know, twice the amount they're worth in reality. Yeah. And I think a couple of seasons ago, they had to go to Brentford to get more pie. And I think they were League One or they just Brentford had been promoted. That's the problem. If you have to look yeah. down the pyramid to strengthen, it's not a sign of strength, is it? It's a sign of weakness. Hmm. So... I hope they get their finances sorted out. I really do. But, you know, Brighton always play well, even when they lose. So credit where credit is due, because they did play very well. Yeah, it was just very unfortunate. And as we said, they should have definitely have scored. Burnley looked like a team that deserved to go down. No offence to any Burnley fans, but they, they always play. I know they've got an identity. They play this low block, counter-attack, break, set-piece football, but it's so ugly and unattractive. It is. And if I had to see anyone go down... Yeah, if someone said, do you want Brighton to go down with Burnley? I would say Burnley every time. And not yeah. just because I live closer to Brighton, but just because Brighton come out, they play the football they want to play at the cost of what football should cost, not at the cost of, oh, it's opportunity cost, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it safe. We'll take the point. But like, as you know, it's not a team you want to play. Like, they're going to fight for every point they can get. And like we're saying, they're just unfortunate. You don't want to see them on the schedule. The thing is, you kind of do want to see them on the schedule, right? Because they're a team that you, you probably know you will be, but... They'll, there's probably this uh, sigh in, in Premier League footballers are like, I'm re- we really have to play really yeah. hard today to win. You know, like Tottenham had to play really hard against we them and got the win. Yeah. You know, and and they, all, they always make things difficult. They're never a roll-over and die team like, like Norwich were when you know, mm. one goal went in and suddenly they were like, oh, that's it. I don't care. Smash us 5-0. We'll go down. Right. So but, I mean, yeah, this week has been a flurry of one goal wins. From coast it? to coast, Ian? Whoa, let's go! <laughs> From the uh, the coastal beaches of Brighton to the coastal unattractive shipyards of Southampton. Sorry, Southampton. You may not be attractive, but you play attractive football. Oh, do they? They they switched on the old Real skills to this one. Danny week. Ings, who needs him? Not you even. Know? Not even. He's in their rear view now. They're like, that's fine. We don't need that. They were flicking that ball around like nobody's business, just ripping Newcastle apart, making space. Newcastle, I don't know what, like, Shea's goal, like, I don't know what the defender was doing in that situation. I'm not entirely no. sure who it was. Number 23, he was flustering all over the place. And Southampton are now at a point where they're just going to jump on that and they're going to be clinical with it. And they proved it this weekend. That finish was outrageous. <laughs> Shea Adams, you know, he was a slow starter and he's probably uh, reflective of the team he plays for yeah. in that regard because... His first goal in the Premier League. It seems that Shea Adams only ever scores spectacular goals. He never seems to score boring goals. Yeah. Uh, so his first goal in the Premier League was against Man City, where he chipped Edison from like 30 yards out. And now he just scores wonder goals left, right and centre. And I have, to, I have to read this talking point out here because this is... Go on. Right, so this is the best one, Ian. So I'm sure you looked through the list and saw that this was the best one. So I have to read it out. Some might, Shay. We will find a brighter days. Had to do it. I apologise, listeners. I know they're cringe, but it, it just it gives me joy during this depressing pandemic times. I he's love class. it, man. I love it. It's what I'm here for. That's all I tune in every week. It's just for these readouts. He's class. Stuart Armstrong's goal was outrageous as well. And wow. Southampton have these sort of glimmers and potential you know, Barcelona-esque moves in them. They seem to counter very quickly, move the ball around like it's, you know, not like, like it's sliding over butter, not even like it's, it's, 
it's caught in it. It's just absolutely beautiful football. Yeah. And again, Southampton, they only seem to score really nice goals. When was the last time you saw that? Maybe against Chelsea, obviously, they're kind of like, it hit Vestergaard, it deflected in, yeah, okay. shit, whatever it might be. But nine times out of ten, they're scoring outrageous free kicks from James Ward-Prowse. Danny Ings is curling one into the top corner. They're just, they're a good attacking unit. And yeah, they are vulnerable, like most teams are, but they're like third in the Premier League now. They're second in the Premier League. Uh, I can't remember. Fourth. I think they're fourth after the Liverpool game. So is it's Leicester, Tottenham, Liverpool, Southampton. Yeah. If someone said to you after, was it nine games, that that was going to be the top four, you'd be like, yeah, right. <laughs> You think I was going to put Liverpool, at, uh, sorry, Spurs at second? Not my wildest dreams <laughs> after the way we were looking. We Who knows? We're sitting in second. You're showing, yeah. you're showing a little bit of that champions grit. That's well, all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, you know that, and you know you got offended when I said limped on last week, but again, you limped on this week. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take you kept it. Go in, and that's the important thing. Is as soon as you have to take a sit, you sit down one week. That's when you start to fall behind the pack. You keep going, and that's what yeah. that's what Mourinho is very good at staying in the race because the longer you stay in the race, the more likely you are to win it. Crystal Palace, the most capricious team in the Premier League. I just what? I cannot get a, a, a bead on them. I can't. I can't. Look, Leeds, Leeds have looked good, and maybe oh, Leeds, Leeds are now slipping. Like, I don't know what's happened, but Palace, where has that come from? Are you just banking all goals from one game and putting them into another? Like, I know. Listen, our boy Bamford was robbed. <laughs> right? VAR, hello again. Hello, darkness, my old friend. It is, again, VAR is at the forefront of discussion rather yeah. than football. I'm sorry, no way is Patrick Bamford offside. Not even close. He's pointing where he wants the ball. I, it's not as per the rules. It's not a ball playing part. Of, like, yeah, well, apparently it. this this small segment you can you see, and that's uh, the segment to the top was, of the shoulder. There, yeah, yeah. he's pointing to the top of the shoulder. Top top of the top of the shoulder. Apparently, you can Light use bit it. Of arm. Yeah, you, know, you only ever really see players like Cristiano Ronaldo do it, but you know every player must be culpable for it because of that. But oh, just frustrating. But don't get me wrong, Easy's goal, Aze's goal, whatever his name is. Oh my mm. god outrageous what a free kick you know, and fair play to the man you know he's he's new to the premier league he's championship player everyone rates yeah. him harley uh, harley <laughs> Every, <laughs> everyone rates him harley everyone but rates him harley um <laughs> everyone rates him highly and also people thought he was brought in to replace wilfred zaha but to fit into a team with zaha have that much pace versatility passing range and creativity on the counter I mean, is bloody scary and the fact that the commentators didn't even believe he could pull that off. They're like, oh, he's the dummy. He's, he's lining up for the dummy here. He's going for, <laughs> he and he dips it, and it in. Like, <laughs> everyone's like, that didn't just happen. I know. Scenes. It's crazy stuff. It was a great game to watch. Like, I, I think, think like you say, what are Palace doing? Like, listen, you, you no, no disrespect to Bamford. His goal was class. It was yeah, and, and that was a frustration goal, right? Because his mm. first one's been disallowed. He, the man should have been up for the second brave showcase of the year. But he's been robbed. Obviously, he would never have got in over Bruno. You understand why. <laughs> but still, his name should have been on the plate. Unfortunately, it's not because they are has done it again. Now, the un- the own goal was a joke, isn't it? How did that go in? That is that is some FIFA. <laughs> that is pure FIFA. Pure fi- that game was kind of pure FIFA. Yeah, really. it was. It ball was. pinging around everywhere. Comes to the final, like comes to a free kick. Yeah, beautiful. But the rest of the game, balls all over the place. 
I think but, yeah. Leeds are showing they are more like Norwich than they'd like to admit. Came out swinging at the beginning of the season, and now we're seeing that was the energy they had. It's not sustainable. You can't yeah. play like that every week. You have to recognise the strengths of your opponent and play against them, not for them. And, you know, if you're going to press Palace like that, Palace want to break against you with Zaha and Eze. They want to do that. And, you know, Jordan Ayew has got a quality goal in him from time to time. He scored again today. He's available in space. That, that front three, that triangle, know each other very well already. And if you, if you play to their strengths, they're going to punish you. And they punish Leeds. Yeah, I think, I think, well, looking at it, maybe Leeds' game plan was to come out and run teams ragged. But then if you're going to do that, you need to get those points in those first few games. If you're trying to create an air that you are to be reckoned with and to be feared going later into the season, you have to win those opening games. And unfortunately, as we saw at the beginning of the season, they just weren't able to pull that off. Like, maybe that's what they were trying to do. Just go at teams really hard and say, look, we're in the premiership. You should like watch out for us and then you put that fear into people and when teams turn up you don't have to play quite as hard because you've already done half the battle but it just hasn't worked in their favor and I think we're seeing the downside of it now I don't want to be too disrespectful to the Leeds because a lot of people will be like oh well Harley you're a United fan of course you're going to feel that way about Leeds but the reality is I think they're a very good attacking side but when the attacking side doesn't work or doesn't pay off or they don't get goals what happens is their defence is actually incredibly poor. I think that is that yeah. is the God's honest truth on that front. I think their goalkeeper is an issue. I've never seen him make a save and me think, that's a good save. Yeah, He always leaks goals, concedes goals, and he's not getting called out about it because I guess the expectation was that Leeds would concede goals, so no one's surprised. But, you know, if he was in Everton, people like Pickford, people would be calling him out. And rightfully so. Pickford yeah. should be called out for his bad performances in the net. However, they said in the summer they potentially wanted Romero from us because they were yeah. worried about the goalkeeper position. Well, if you if you were that worried, you should have got a goalkeeper because clearly this Meissner yeah. isn't good enough. That, for me, that's it. And Palace are... If, Palace are the easiest team to beat in the world, but some clubs can't do it. Mine yeah. included. But it's the truth because I don't look at Palace and think, wow, their defence is so good. Their defence is vulnerable. You can get goals. Yeah. Bamford scored two, one chalked off unfairly. Now, yeah, we can sit here and we can talk about, oh, well, the game would have been different if Bamford had gone in. It would have been 1-1, different game. Yeah, maybe it would have been. But it probably wouldn't have been because Leeds were there to be taken vulnerably at the back. And vulnerably at the back, they were taken. Yeah, and we've been saying that since day one, haven't we? We've been saying they've been so good going forwards, but there's nothing behind it. It's just all up the top end of the field and nothing in the backfield. So, yeah. it's We'll, we'll see. I don't know. Who have Leeds got next? Do we know? Uh, I'll tell you who Leeds have got next right now. Arsenal. Well, I wouldn't be too something you can't that. call. We're, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> get, we'll get onto that later. But yeah, I wouldn't but... be too worried about that. <laughs> United should have been, but I wouldn't be. Okay, so next we move on to... An expected result, I guess, which is um, Stamford Steel. So Chelsea do it again. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get too carried away on the wow, don't Chelsea look great train? Because, yeah, they beat Krasnodar 4 0. They still played very defensively against us. Yeah, they beat Sheffield United 4 1, but and they beat Burnley 3 uh, 0. They should be beating those teams that yeah, by that sure. deficit with the money they've spent. You know, and yes, they are starting to gel as a team, which we knew would happen. It would take a little bit of a time and they all come in and a lot of people were like, oh, I'm not so sure about Ziyech. He's injury prone. He looks class. He looks like yeah. a better buy than Werner at the moment, in my opinion. 
So my only real question with Chelsea is, we've seen you do it against the teams you're supposed to beat. Can you do it against the teams that you're not supposed to beat? And so far this season, the answer's been no. Now that might change, but didn't I say to you last week on this podcast, I feel like Timo Werner is going to be a player who scores against the small clubs, but doesn't score against the big clubs. Sure. And I guess we'll, well, your point will be proved once we uh, start seeing him going up against the big clubs and seeing what he does. But yeah, I, I was the same. Like I saw the scoreline, you're like, okay, that's fair enough. And then you watch the game, you're like, yeah, Chelsea looks strong, but it's not like world beating Chelsea. It's not like, oh, you should be super scared of this team. Like, you know, button down the hatches and all that kind of stuff. It's just, they just look like a solid side. But well, look, nil nil with Sevilla, nil nil with us. 2-0 loss to Liverpool. You know, we'll see. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. At the moment, I'm going, look, credit where credit's due, you look good. Your attacking yeah. game is great. What happened was you went 1-0 down from a very unlucky own goal. And instead of going, oh, for God's sake, another bullshit incident which has cost yeah. us a deficit, what we're going to do is we're going to bounce back. And bounce back, they did. They had that real grit and heart. And Indeed. Tammy Abraham is so overrated. I'm sorry. I have to say, so overrated. And... I was watching like a combined 11 thing from a couple of weeks ago when they were talking about who would get in to, uh, United and Chelsea's team. And someone put Tammy Abraham in there. I was like, are you mental? Are you, are you kidding me? The man had a great start to last season, dropped off massively, takes about five shots to get one on targets, a target and gets a goal every now and then. Don't, yeah. Come on. Just because well, he's English well, doesn't, well, doesn't mean that you, you know, you get a free pass to, yeah. to miss shots. If anything, it means you're more criticised yet. Somehow, Chelsea seem to get a free pass when it comes to their inability to be clinical. I, I, I don't get it. But yeah, it's but at the end of the day, they're putting points on the board and that's what matters, you know? 100%. You know, and th this is what Lampard needs. I think he had to by Christmas or by January, whatever the new Christmas yeah. is for this one season only. I think he had to have points, right? Sure. That's the thing. He, he had yeah. to be at least in the race. And at the moment, they most definitely are in the race. And I think they will be strong contenders for most of the season. Ziyech, as long as he can stay fit, what's he got? He's got like a, a goal, a three goals and one assist in the last two games. Mental. No, no, th uh, three assists, one goal, sorry. Creative. Very creative. I was surprised to see him on the right wing just because I don't think he's fast enough. But against teams which won't press you, he will be able to exploit that because of his ability to dribble on the ball. And his dribbling ability is incredible and his delivery is fantastic that ball to Thiago Silva fair play mate like why wouldn't you want a ball like that's insane like you want that every day of the week that's just that's the value of, of someone with a strong left foot right an in swinger what can you do Nothing. but look Chelsea looked good Werner's goal was a little bit lucky because obviously it bounced off the Sheffield uh, yep. midfielder and went back but what are you going to do good finish good game I was napping during it, as in I was waking up every time they scored and then going back to sleep because I was working nights. I was bloody tired. But I knew Chelsea were going to win even when they went 1-0 down. And maybe that says something about Chelsea. Who knows? My opinion doesn't really mean much in the world of football. But I call it as I see him. Now, he rubs his hands. Miyagi oh, style, very... You're not going to do the last game of the weekend. You're going to sh jump straight to yours. I have. Well, no, I'm doing them in order, right? Because we no, have to talk not. about. Well, I'm, not, I literally, I'm going down the list in front of me in talking points. Man United started Saturday. Oh, I see how you're doing it. Right, you're doing it in the talking points. Got you. Got you. Yes, got you. I'm doing it in the talking <laughs> points. The way you were hitting it was the flow of the weekend actually played out. Except oh, no, no, no. And I was like, wait, where are we going with this? Okay, cool, cool. Right, let's get into it then. Go on. Rub your hands again. Get, it, right. get yourself right. On a matter <laughs> 
There you go. So, Manchester United finally win a game of football and I can be happy. And I was happy, but I was so deflated on the day that even when Everton didn't score, I didn't curse and rue. I just went, mm-hmm. of course they scored. It's a shrug of the shoulders. It was it? apathy. I was uh, reaching the point of apathy. And, yeah. and again, I've said Ollie out and I'm still Ollie out because I am ap- apathetic about the plan for United. And the next couple of seasons, they look dark and gloomy. Mm. He, his team selection again reeks of nepotism and probably a larger issue about he probably didn't want Donny van der Beek he probably didn't want Cavani so he doesn't play them yeah. problem is that creates tension it creates negative media spin towards United it just fuels the cycle of misery and upset at the moment which is surrounding the club but I mean like, at the end of the day you're going to end up with players that maybe you don't want there's going to be players left over from other managers there's going to be players that are going to be brought and you've got to use them you're not going to throw your pieces away they're good players so why is he not using I know. it? I, I, you can't bring your own personal feelings into a game and be like, well, they don't gel with me, so I don't want them. If they're gelling with the team and playing, as Cavani's proved and Van der Beek has proved, why are you not playing them? Well, look at Van der Beek last night, scored for a Holland, didn't he? If you yeah. play him in a system, he is like a young Matter. You could play yeah. him in the position that Matter played, which was right attacking midfielder. I don't think Matter was good against Everton. I heard some people with their Matter agendas, oh, he was class. Oh, he created so much. No, he didn't. He's slow. He can't defend. He yeah. didn't track Digne. He didn't offer anything creatively. All he did was meander around the pitch. And I have a Juan Mata shirt. Mata, four, four years ago, was deadly. He scored that bicycle kick against Liverpool, which I'll always love him for. But yeah. at the end of the day, you have a young 23-year-old, a Dutch international, someone who's proven it in the Champions League semi-final, on your bench. What has the man got to do to get into your starting eleven? Yeah. It's, it's absolutely baffling. I don't quite understand what's going on. And if I was Donny van der Beek in January, I'd be like, let me go. Genuinely, I would. I'm not here to sit on the bench. Let me go, yeah. Now, look, obviously, he, he can't do that, probably, because of the pandemic. People can't afford it. But, you know, he probably feels that way. And maybe a change of manager would do him good, because I, I tell you what, if we did get Poch, he'd be all over him. He'd love it. That is oh, Poch's sort it. of player. That's, it's 100%. Young, hungry... Yeah. You know, Any European experience, creative, you know, a, a box-to-box midfielder as well. Scary. He didn't play Pogba again. Pogba is becoming a big issue at United, and yep. the press are starting to really hammer it home as well. Pogba wants to go. I think it's very clear to everyone Pogba wants to leave. And I think on some level, Oli wants Pogba to leave. The problem is, he's our most expensive player ever. Arguments could be made that he's been average, I guess, during his time at United. He scored 26 goals in the Prem. He's got like 40 goals in all competitions, which is not bad for midfield. He's created a lot. I think he's got something like uh, 39 assists. (sighs) I'd rather have Jack Grealish. Right? If you're you're playing Pogba for creative outlet, just buy Grealish instead. He's faster. He can play Cam. He's deadly. He can play on the left, the right. He's hungry. He wants to prove it. He's Premier League proven. I think that's what Oli wanted to do in the summer. I think that's why Grealish was being said. And I think that's why he was annoyed he got Donny van der Beek because he sees Donny more as a a substitute, a rotation for Bruno. And he saw Grealish as a rotation for Pogba or a a competition for Pogba. Let Pogba go. Let him go. I'm, I'm sick of him. Sick of his attitude. Sick of him coming off the bench and not affecting games as well. They bring him on. They're like, oh, Pogba's coming on. I'm like, ah, to do what? 
bring Donny on instead. Uh, yeah, he's just going to run around for a bit. Nothing, so, not nice up and pass, fall over, give a dodgy penalty away, not create anything. Piss me off. Great. Thanks, Pogba. Get off the fucking pitch. It's tough. Did I think? Do I think United played really well? No, I don't think United played really well. I think we played solidly, as we should be doing every week. I think Everton... I don't what, know what's happened. What has gone on? I don't understand. Richarlison can't be affecting the shape that much. No. Bernard it's, it's was their best player, and he came on to play where Richarlison was. I think, I don't know, mental weakness. That's the only thing I can think. Mental weakness. Couldn't deal with the pressure of being at top of the Prem. Some of the players just don't have it in them. Defensively, frail. Now, they put Pickford back, back in net, which I was happy about, because I was like, we can exploit this. So when we went 1-0 down, I was like, oh, God's sake. Yeah. So fine, whatever. I said, Ollie's sacked. I said, look, it's unfortunately, it's like a win-lose situation. Ollie is sacked and we get Poch or we win and we get three points. So for me, I was like, okay, let's see what happens. Yeah, you won either one. But then that magician, that maestro, that magnificent man turned on the Fernandez yeah. effect. Oh I'll my god! Have, I'll let you have your moment, but we're going to do a whole section on this. You're going to have to save some. I know, of those. I know, I know, I know. What a header from Bruno Fernandez! Yes, what sorry. a header from a midfielder! That's class. Yeah. Right, Luke Shaw with the assist. Thank you, Luke. Two back-to-back assists. Lord above, what has gone on? A miracle has happened, and then sadly, Luke Shaw got injured. So sure. that's that's the curse of the Shaw. Indeed. Every time yeah. he starts to play well. He's, he's got something immediately immediately injured he's out for six weeks Tellez is like fine and that's the good thing about the Tellez purchase right because you know I can go yeah. well hang on on comes Tellez have, have that and everyone's like oh great so good first goal yep I won't, oh, no I won't say lucky second goal weird second goal weird I think genuinely it just comes down to the whole sun in your eyes goalkeeper thing yeah, in the sense what, of lot going no. on Rashford, what was he doing? Closed his eyes. Don't I don't I don't understand what he was doing there. Didn't make contact. Tried to claim the goal. Bruno was like, yeah. no. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't make contact with that. But you know, again, Pickford not being alert on the line makes me nervous about his England responsibilities because sure. looks nervy in the net. Yeah, but just give it to Pope. That's all I'm saying. Just give it to Pope. I would give it to Pope off the back of that Brighton mm-hmm. game. Cavani, the Edison, has registered a goal. I saw, I saw a stat floating, floating around, which was, um, it was like a, a combi image of Edison Cavani uh, versus Sergio Aguero and Bruno Fernandes versus Kevin Bruyne. And obviously, it was like three appearances in the Premier League, one goal for Cavani, three appearances this season for Aguero, no goals for Aguero. And then it was like Bruno, it was like five appearances in the Premier League, three goals, and then it was like Kevin De Bruyne, zero goals, zero appearances. Now... Look, that's blowing it way out of proportion. That's 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 not the reality. Oh. But I tell you what, he's come. I knew he would score in one of these games. I said it. Oh yeah, he he was so hungry for it in the last couple that he's come on. He look, maybe if he gets back in shape, he can he can damage teams late in the game. I don't see him as a starter. That that's that's the god's honest truth. Bruno plays him if he misses there. If he misses that, I mean. He's sure. sh- he shit. It's, <laughs> it's effectively just cart him off. Just put him in a body bag and cart him off for that. I point. tell you what, though, it was a good finish. It was a nice finish. Yeah. He did the old, you know, when someone moves their goalkeeper on FIFA one side, and he went, ah, ah Pickford. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, think I'm good. going there? I'm going uh, near post. Good finish. Good to yeah, see him on the board. I, I had this sort of subconscious thing in my head when I watched them play, like him play specifically. I was like, 
Are yeah. you here for the money? Do you actually want to do well here? Or are you sitting on the bench for the cash? He looked very happy to score. And yeah, I think he does. I think he wants to be out there playing. I don't think he's just there to sit around. Well, listen, he's now the most, the second most prolific Uruguayan to ever play for United behind Diego Forlan. Not much competition, but still, he's up there. Look, great game. United needed it. But now yeah. the question lies in, where's the consistency? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's like you're saying, like you weren't overwhelmed by the uh, output. And I was, I was kind of similar because, you know, getting into the 90th minute, Rashford's through can't finish and then you're starting to scrap like man united used to finish those games yeah i know second half 50 minutes in it should have been you know three one and then you guys should have been coasting looking for that fourth but again you're just scrambling to finish the game and what both teams needed the three points united wanted it that's that's what it came down to everton immediately they went ahead they looked hungry as soon as they conceded they switched off mentally again Mm. i don't know what i don't Ancelotti needs to get that out of their head. I don't know what it is. Yes. But as soon as something goes, doesn't go their way, they're like, oh, that's it. You know, we're, we're under the cosh now. Fine. Bruno Fernandes well. pulled, all, pulled all the strings. Everton just didn't want it. They did not want it. That's what I was watching. I was like, no, nah, they're here, but they're on autopilot. You know, someone has but to put it on Man they... really take the game by the, the, the scruff of its neck, but no one wanted to do it. That's what I mean. Like Man United would pounce on a team like that as soon as they could see some sort of weakness or lackluster, they would have been all over them. So, I mean, it's great for you guys. You're definitely building, um, and hopefully, you're going to continue. Well, I don't hope you're going to continue. Only for your own well, mental sake. We we'll, we will see. We've got a very easy game next game, so we should, you know, see how that goes. See some of that rolling uh, consistency. Yeah. However, if we don't, he's sacked. That's just where we're at at the moment. So let's see where it goes. But at least we're 13th now, right? And, and not, not 16th anymore. So <laughs> it's progress. We'll move on to another low, the roller coaster of these. Games. Yeah, yeah. Ups and downs. <sighs> the Penenka. What was Amadola thinking? I genuinely don't understand. Well, I'm glad he missed it, right? Because I was asleep when the game was on. But I had money on the game. I had, mo- I had money on the game, right? I had money on West Ham to win, and they scored just so late. It. Just I know, I know. But when he missed, when he missed, I was like, "Thank God." <laughs> but why Penenka that there? I don't know. In the 98th minute, for a point, yeah, okay, maybe if you're three one, you're two one up. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't not... matter. <sighs> Look, man, idiot. Yeah, I don't understand. That, that was a game of bizarres anyway. Did you see the free kick? How the Fulham lined up the wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing a man down on the floor. I was like, was, what is going I know, on? I know. Fulham are yeah, doomed to be that. relegated, by the way. Anyone who's listening, Fulham are going down because they yeah. just look championship. They just look championship. And that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. They spent a lot of money last time they came up. It didn't work out. They spent very little this time they, they came up. It might not work out again. But at least they're getting back in the conversation. And over years, they might you know, grind those players out through good scouting and be sustainable in the Premier League. The problem is, Mitrovic is not a Premier League striker. I rate him, but he's not. He is a championship striker. He belongs in the championship. Very boring attack. Very boring defence. West Ham showed that classic. They definitely should smash these boys, so they've really struggled yeah. to beat them. <laughs> surprise, surprise, as we predicted. Just, again, they're on that level with Brighton, aren't they? They're such a, like they're a good side, but they just can't catch a break. Like they yeah. just can't figure out how to get things working. They go up against you know 
Spurs, City, whatever, and they're like, yeah, we're going to have it. We're going all out. And they go for it. And then they come up against a team like that. And they're like, we're going to do it. And they just cannot make it work. Mm. It's, it's the whole dynamic thing and the paradigm thing, isn't it? When the paradigm yeah. switched, they don't cope well. When they're the yeah. underdogs, they play well, even if they lose. But when they're the, the, the favourites, they struggle yeah. to win. It's just the reality of some football clubs. And United suffer from it, so I can't, I can't overly criticise it. But they could have beat Fulham 5-0. In the first 15 minutes, they, they could have been 3-0 up. Indeed. But again, that Suchek looks good, though, doesn't he? He's always scoring a goal for West Ham. Yeah, that's, good, that's some good business, that is. He'll go to like Chelsea or something in two seasons for like £60 million. <laughs> Other than that, re- really, listeners, not much to talk about in terms of that game. No, I Very mean, dull affair. Both teams, the expected results, but both teams really made a meal out of it. For sure. As I mean, that was a summary. I mean, yeah, if we we're going to segue to who I think we are. Then yeah, we are. Making, Ian. That's, that's making a Ian. meal of it once more. Ian, it's happened. 2020 <laughs> was the year. Mr. Harry Kane, the 150th oh, goal man. What a moment. What, like, what, early in the week, he got his 200th and 300 appearances for the club. Yeah. He, was on, he was on a high. And like, who else are you going to give it to? Anyone else taking that out? This headline is not reflective <laughs> of the game at all. No. <laughs> but the man has hit uh, into the top 10 of Premier League all-time goal scorers. So f- yeah. fair play to Harry, Gain- Harry Kane. Harry Kane? Harry Kane indeed. <laughs> but in all seriousness incredible achievement to get into the top 10 Premier League yeah. goal scorers of all time and also yeah. to still only be 27. So, Madness. you know, Madness. I've told you, top three in my opinion, at least. Yeah. That's what I expect from Kane. I don't expect any of this. He really dips off. He started early because he didn't. He started at 21 and in six years, really, to be in the Premier League and be in the top 10, fair play to you. The only way yeah. it doesn't happen is if he moves abroad. But I don't see him doing yeah, that. Yeah, he has to stay. I can't see him. I don't... He's, he's a lifer for Spurs, and if his time runs out there, he's going to keep trodging on at other clubs until... until Alan a 2.0. That's, that's all yeah. I'm saying. You know, he's a, a, he's, he's a, a one-club man, although Shira wasn't, but he was for most of his career. Yeah. Good goal from Harry Kane, what I expect. Yeah, solid stuff. You know, Doherty nice header. Exactly, nice. Doherty getting the assist. You know, that, that's what you want him for. And, and Spurs, you know, West Brom really dug in. They didn't want to lose, but I don't think they really believed they could win. I think that's the well, problem. I think they were just trying to soak it up a little bit. Like, you know, when you, you know, it's, it is slightly underdogs, isn't it? And you're just like, well, we'll just hold out. And if we can get the break, we'll take the break. Um, and that's, again, something Spurs struggle with. If the team doesn't come at them, they don't go back at them. Yeah, that's the and thing. Then, that is the thing. It's tough because just, breaking yeah. down the low block is a nightmare. And then we just sit in that horrible middle ground. It feels like you're watching England once more because that's always how I find Spurs. It's like watching the same as England play. It's just passing the ball back and forth. You're like, no, just go forward. Just go up the field. Go for it. Because you know you can attack and score. Don't you think Sun was quite uncharacteristically... Absent? I was going to say hesitant in front of goal. Yeah. I just think a little bit of... I don't know. I just, again, I he, just was, he was dead in front of goal, right? Yeah. And he took like... One touch, two touch, three touch. I was like, just shoot, mate. It's going to go in. Just bloody shoot. What are you doing? You normally whack it from outside the box with no hesitation and it goes in. Just hit. I don't don't know what it was. Maybe it was just an off day. Maybe something happened in training. You don't know with these things. But Oh, look, sometimes sometimes you have a good day. Sometimes you don't. I'm not going to be critical of him because of it. I was just shocked. I was like, that's that's got sun written all over it. 
I, I think this is what I kind of took away from the game. I don't think Spurs are yet at the level that they need to be, but the fact that we're grinding out the results and doing it week in, week out is what I'm happy with. And sitting in second, I know we're only early stages of the seasons, but it's nice to see. It's great I mean, to see. if you're on a slow cook now, that's a good thing, right? Because surely you're yeah. going to you're going to peak late in the season. That's what you want. And you want it like Mourinho's like, what's that? Joe Gomez is injured for most of the season. Well, let's fucking go win the Premier League. That's what he should be thinking because Liverpool are are at their most vulnerable right now. They are wounded. Indeed. And now you're hoping Kane has goal 200 in his sights. Yeah, that's a little way off, but he's going to start closing that gap. He's going to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, what's he on now? He's on seven goals in the Premier League or six, eh, seven goals in the Premier League now. Yeah, seven yeah. goals. Good season. He's looking like Kane from a couple of years ago. I know we had a couple of quiet years from him, but he had a couple of injuries. As long as he stays fit, I see this that's as a very that. fruitful campaign yeah. for Harry Kane. And also, the disrespect that Harry Kane gets on social media is just astounds me. I've seen it this week. Everyone's like, oh, he's overrated. He's not won any trophies because... There was a stat that came up, which was that um, yeah. in, uh, since the start of this season, Harry Kane mm. had had 23 goal involvements, and that was more yeah. than any other striker in the top division, more than Lewandowski, more than Ronaldo, more than Messi, whatever it may be. And people were like, yeah, but he's won no trophies. Yeah, but, he, yeah, but he's uh, won no trophies, okay? So he's shit. But you know, anytime I come for you, when I say anything about Man United, you go, oh, yeah, show me your trophies. That is just how Spurs are treated. That is just no, I know, but th- but that doesn't. I never say Harry Kane is overrated because he's no, never won any course. trophies. Yeah, I say I just, Spurs are overrated because they've never won any that, trophies. But that thing is the fact that he's a threat, and the only way people can pull him down off of the level that he's at is by saying he doesn't have anything to back it. But he's just putting in goals and he's putting in his time. I don't know if Spurs are ever going to win anything. Of course, with hope, with every. I think you are. I think you're going to win something this season. I, ge- I genuinely do. I genuinely do. You as, 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 you know, as you know me, I don't say anything because I know it's going to go bad. I don't tune in for games like 24-7 because I know they're going to lose. Like That's just my thing. I have such a weird thing with my club. Superstition. Massive superstitions. Massive superstitions. I, 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 you, you look deadly. And I, no, I, I expect... I, I always, as a neutral, want Kane to do well because he's English. Just like any other English player. So seeing Ollie Watkins do well and Grealish do well, it's great. It's great for England and, and Calvert-Lewin. We've, we've English talents firing all, on all cylinders in the Premier League this, this year. So it's been fantastic. Now, tomorrow, listeners, I will put my prediction out there. And this will go live. I'll try and time it at the same time. Tomorrow, Harry Kane should win Player of the Month. Oh, that yeah. is my expectation, right? It's either him, Human Son, or Grealish. He's scored the most, got the most assists. It should be him. That's good for Kane. That'll give him such confidence, another personal accolade. And he thrives off that. I saw another very disrespectful thing on social media, not about Kane, but about Kane's journey. Yeah. It was like there was, I don't know if you saw this illustration, but there was like an arcade machine and it had like a high score sheet and above it was like Thierry Henry and Aguero, Rooney, Shearer and Frank Lampard. They missed out Robbie Fowler and Jermaine Defoe. How disrespectful is that? Like it's a certainty that like, yeah, well, he's definitely beating them. So I'm not even going to put them on there. (laughs) I was like, how bloody rude is that? That's so rude. The analogy is perfect. He is on the ascendancy. Omri, he's definitely beating you. Mm. Lampard, he's definitely beating you. Aguero, I I put money on him beating you as well. Rooney, as well. The only one that's like, is the Shearer one. That is so high that I'm like, but, you know, a goal every game. If if he scored a a goal every game for for four years, he'd do it. So, you know, you never know. 
you never know. And if It'll he gets a couple of hat tricks every now and then, the goals soon mount up. So good luck to Harry Kane. Spurs, bog standard result. I said you should have smashed them 5-0. I stand by that. West Brom are crap. But we should have. You beat them. You've got the three way. points. That's all that matters when it comes down to it. So, this game, Ian, was a great first half and a very shit second half. Indeed. So, I put, viewers, a tale of two pities, and it was. Uh, a pity that Liverpool nearly won the game, and a pity that Kevin De Bruyne missed the penalty. Yeah. So, Liverpool looked strong in the first half, and they looked like they, they were almost riled up by... Oh, it's City, we have to beat City because mm. a lot of people were pushing this narrative, which I thought was absolutely absurd, that whoever wins this game wins the league. And I was like, well, it's not last season and it's not the season before. Yeah, guys, we're only getting Man started, really. Man City are middle of the pack and Liverpool yeah. are fighting it out at the top, not at the top. So what oh. do you mean whoever wins this game wins the league? Liverpool are wounded. City look mm. uninspired, a, sh- a shadow of them, their, their former selves. So I just, I found that narrative to be very, like, come on. But is it is it just trying to, because it's like a Super Sunday game, isn't it? Is it just trying to pull a narrative? Well, maybe, maybe. But look, the games have been historically boring the last couple of years. The only oh, time yeah. it was ever exciting is when Liverpool knocked Man City out in the Champions League. And back then I thought it was funny because Liverpool hadn't won anything. And now I don't think it's funny anymore. And I think Liverpool should pipe the fuck down. So that's the end flow of it. But... <laughs> Yeah, and again, absolutely bizarre decision. I think VAR, wrong again. Like, is that handball? There is no way you can get your arm out of the way for that pen. It's not handball. <laughs> it's not, it's, but it is what it is, isn't it? He's literally thrown himself to get moving. I just, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's just just that De Bruyne did what he did. Like, I don't know how he's managed that. I just, look, I put a tweet out saying, everyone goes at Bruno Fernandes, but where's the Mohamed Pallar tweets, right? Yeah. Because whenever he scores lately, it's on the fucking penalty sheet. I'm sorry, it is. Now, yeah, it, it was a pen, in my opinion. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Gabriel Jesus's goal was class, again. Yeah. Really good turn. Absolutely turned him. That's what you want. Good finish. Mm-hmm. City should have won just just in my opinion it was a very close game and a, and a draw is more than a fitting result I think yeah. in the first half it looked open so open both teams going at each other very very good game the second half nullified I don't know why I don't know it was, it was boring lethargic both teams that scared to lose yeah, and then Kevin De Bruyne if there's a man you'd put money on scoring a penalty it would be him I think there's something off with De Bruyne this season. I think he doesn't. I think he doesn't want to be at City. He is the best, in my opinion. And yes, perhaps we broke it. Great showcase on Bruno Fernandez. And I'm sorry, Bruno, but De Bruyne is the best midfielder in the world. He plays passes some midfielders dream of even conceiving, let alone pulling off. The fact that he's been so average this season just makes me think there's something wrong at City. And I think a lot of people objectively think there's something quite not right at Manchester City. Mm. That looks to be the case. Yeah, it's definitely showing. Something's going on. Whatever that is, I don't know. I don't think there is a solution that we can even think of because it seems very internal. Should Um, Carl Walker be allowed to defend? This is the question. Maybe he should only be allowed to attack. 
maybe not. No. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. He has these, like I said, it's like he's he's going through a footballing menopause. He has hot flashes of yeah. where he's great, and then the other times when he's absolutely dreadful. I, I don't I mean, understand it. Yeah, but at the end of the day, Walker always went in hard. There was no one who's going to just try and get his foot in the mix. He will just clatter you. If he, yeah, he can't do that in big games because it, it invites the opportunity yeah. for telling, drama. Telling Spurs fan that I know how it was. But there are bullshit penalties, right? But there yeah. are certain ones where you're like, well, hang on. There is at least the equation to equal a penalty here. If you, if you offer the equation, referees are going to take it. That's what happens. And, you know, boring game, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. We said it would probably be a draw, and lo and behold, it was. Oh, I really hope I put a draw on my head-to-head because I need some freaking points. Now, I think – I don't think City are going to win the Prem. I'm saying that now. No, I think Liverpool are still most certainly within a chance. I think they're still trying to get their footing. And once they do, they are going to be a tense team and one that you don't want to face. I think they're going to drop a lot of points this season, Liverpool. I don't think they'll lose. I think there's going to be a lot of draws. That's the problem for them. And as long as teams like Villa keep gaining points, I mean, Villa's still got a game in hand, right? Yeah. So it's frightening. That must be frightening. And instead of, again, because they're the underdogs, they don't feel the pressure. They thrive on the pressure. People are telling us we're crap. Eventually we'll lose. And they bounce back and they keep going harder. Whereas Liverpool are champions. The expectation is so high. You must win. You must retain the Premier League. You're much, people think you're the best team in Europe, even though you didn't win the Champions League. And you were knocked out by Madrid. And you're shit. But people yeah, still think you're good. And I think... I think- as we've seen in the press, I think both Man City and Liverpool know something's wrong and that's why they're calling for their games to be spread out. Oh, yeah, of course. I forgot we were going to talk about this. Yeah, listen, this this narrative is 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 bullshit. It's gaslighting at its 100%. finest, is what it is. Yeah. It's, I'll tell you what, Liverpool, shut up. <laughs> City, shut up. Everyone else has to play the same amount of games. If anything, City have more grounds for saying it than bloody you do because yeah. they've had to start the season later. What was it... What Spurs played like four games within a space of like a week or something, yeah, and everyone's like, "Oh, what's wrong with it?" And you're like, well, "I'm sorry, yeah, fine, we'll just keep going." But I know. Man City and Liverpool draw a game, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, we." But it's up. like the whole VAR thing, right? I said a couple of weeks yeah. ago when suddenly when VAR goes against Liverpool, they won't have a fucking cry about it. Well, guess what? It affects everyone. Max ma- uh, match congestion affects everyone, not just you, Liverpool. Everyone yeah. is tired. But it's about how much you want it on the day. You're, you're, you're not telling me an extra day's rest is going to be the difference between you and City there because the difference was nothing. No amount of heart from either of you was going to change the outcome of that game because oh, neither okay. of you wanted it enough. Yeah. And, and it's not even like they've put a place for foundation because they're playing a side that's also playing the same amount of games as them. I know. Even, you know, if Burnley or West Brom came out and smashed you, yeah, maybe I could slightly understand. But mm. then at the end of the day still shouldn't be an issue you should still have the amount of fitness on the bench and off it to carry through these games that is why you're a world-class side that is competing in so many competitions you should have the ability to play and that's why historically a lot of teams have wanted to go out of certain competitions to thrive in other competitions so you'll often hear teams say oh well the club wanted to go out of the fa cup oh it's probably best that we went out of the champions league so we can focus on the premier league because while it's also a bit of spin doctoring, it's also the reality that some teams can't deal with that many games and they benefit from having a clearer schedule, fine. But if you want to win it all, you've got to play them all. There's no choice. You've got, you got to figure out your rotations. You've got to figure out your team. And that is part of being a manager and part of being the coaches, is knowing how to do that. And speaking of 
got to play them all, got to win them all. I've got got to catch them all over here, which is uh, Leicester versus Wolves. Wolves Jesus indeed. Christ. <sighs> I jinxed it. I said Wolves were better. We're going to win because Leicester are crap at home and they won. I think it was a very lucky game. Very lucky result for very Leicester. Lucky. I think it should have been a draw, probably. When I put got on catch them all, I was talking about he, he, you know, penalties. He's got to take every goal that comes his way. He's got to. He has to. And he, he missed one. Wanna, yeah. He missed one. So what are you going to do? Rube Patricio saved the second one. It is what it is. But, you know, Jamie Vardy continues to have a marginally smaller party, but nonetheless a party in its own right. Ugh, this game was so boring. There's nothing, I think, again, it's nothing to say, but the fact that Leicester are just grinding result after result after result is proving why they're a danger. Because they're bottle jobs. Not- I'm sorry. They are bottle jobs. I said it last I week. I say it this week. They are bottle it. jobs. And it's not but, them. It's Brendan Rodgers. He will bottle it. They'll get to like, they'll be like at Christmas, they'll be top of the prem and they will bottle it. I know what he's like. It's in his <laughs> DNA. I'm sorry. I do not believe they'll win the league. No, they, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it as a league win, but top five? I mean, they got top five you last season. So that should, no, I think they'll get top five. Okay. I just... I just don't think they'll get European uh, Champions League football. I think they might get Europa oh, okay. again. Oh, but okay. Leicester should be aiming not to win the Premier League this season. They should be aiming to win the Europa League to get some European trophies and get some European pedigree uh, and yeah, move forward from there. Yeah, because Spurs are winning it. <laughs> Whatever you say. Okay, we'll see it. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Was it how many semi-finals was it in a row before you got to the Champions yeah, League final? Was it nine in a row? If you want to talk about you lost in a row. Yeah, if you want to talk about bottling it, just speak to me. Listen, you're the kings of the bottle, but they're the queens. Trust me on that. Yeah, for sure. That's no reflection of their ideology and identity. Imagine if that's the final, though, Spurs and Leicester. That would be a great final. But the thing is, it's it's a win-win for English football when there's an all-English final. Oh, yeah, we love it. But one fan base gets pissed off more than they normally would because they're the losing side. Yeah. Like when Arsenal lost to Chelsea. Do you know, Ian, that if you were to win the Europa League, mm-hmm. you would have won a European trophy since the inception of Premier League before Arsenal? Oh, please give it to us. That, that, that makes genuinely. it even more sweeter. Now, what would make it sweet is a Spurs Arsenal final. I would. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't inject into my veins. Oh, genuinely, man. I would love a North London derby final. That's what I would love that. I couldn't handle If that happens, I'll be gone for a week no matter what the result. <laughs> I need it off. Okay, so handles like an Aston Martin or Villa. I couldn't decide which one I wanted, but it, they do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Talk about a team in form that you don't want to play. Well, like they, they reek of Leicester in 2015. Yeah. That's what they reek of to me. Couple losses here and there. No one's really getting going in the Premier League, but they're playing attractive, exciting football. I mean, you can't say their result against Arsenal was lucky. It was it was quality, is what it was. Arsenal didn't show up. Now, I can't be too critical of Arsenal because obviously they beat us in our ends. But I tell you what, that was embarrassing for Arsenal. Wasn't it? <laughs> that was bloody embarrassing. God, where is Aubameyang? Yeah, I know he scored a penalty against us, but. He's missing. Their attacking flair is yeah. missing. Again, when they're the underdogs, they thrive. But when yeah. they're when they're the favourites, they don't. That goal that was chalked off in the first minutes, I agree, it should have been chalked off. I think yeah. he is standing in front of of uh, Leno. But it's a great finish from John McGinn. 
And then that man, the man, the special man that I got in my red picks this morning. Thank you very much for not giving me Bruno Fernandes FIFA, you absolute scumbags. Oliver Watkins, my God. Um, he was there, always present, always what, looking. What a start to the Premier League season. I didn't yeah. know this before the game, but apparently he's been a lifelong Arsenal fan and wants to play for them. And he just goes, oh, that, and does, doesn't, goes, goes and does not dirty like that. There you go. You want to buy me now? Want to buy me now? Well, it worked for Harry Kane, right? Because Harry it's Kane at youth level scored against Tottenham and they gave him a second chance. So maybe that is the way to go. Yeah, you but, want to take away that goal scoring. He is clinical. I mean, listen, pra- praise where praise due. Trezeguet's goal, okay, mm. they gave it to Sakura's no goal, whatever. It yeah. is, whatever. Ollie's goal's good goal, but the man at the, the beating heart at the centre of Aston Villa is Jack Grealish. What a sure. season Not Jack a Grealish is having. He's, every time you see him on the ball, he's electric. Yeah, every he time. He is electric. I watch him on the counter, I think, this man is so dangerous. Yeah. Creates, scores them. Offers a threat, running off the ball hard. He can play on the left, he can play on the right, he can play in the middle. He's so versatile. And yet, he has got a dodgy haircut. And so what? Because when you're playing like that, no one gives a fuck about your haircut. They only give a fuck about what you're doing on the ball. And what he's doing on the ball is a madness, frankly. It's madness. He is so scary. And in my opinion right now, he walks into any top six clubs midfield. Oh, yeah, he can do whatever he likes. On form. He is unplayable. He's like what Adama Traore was like mm. a couple of seasons ago at Wolves. He is just class. Yeah. And, you know, they were asking for 75 million for him last season. It's going to be more than that now. Easy. If he, if he, if he keeps this up, it's going to be 90 million, 95 million, 100 million pounds for him. And that's the problem, though. If you sell that much, no one can afford to buy you, right? So you're going to be stuck at Villa forever. Well, Which I mean, if, if Villa continue on this trajectory, maybe that's not a bad thing right now. Like, no, and you know, Villa have always been called the sleeping giants of uh, of the Premier League, and uh, I guess there is some truth to that because they are proving it. The defensively, they're good. They look good. Tyrone Mings looks great. Yeah, they they just look like a unit, and I think that's what embodies the the Leicester twenty fifteen team so much is that everyone was pitch perfect. The team believed they were a team. They were there for each other. It didn't matter who scored. doesn't matter who assists. And I think that's important. I think uh, when you take ego out of the equation, you see beneficial results in football. And I think they're an egoless team, whereas Arsenal are, I feel a bit Lacazette. I don't even... Look, I, what is wrong with him? He can't score. He's dreadful. He's so bad. God, just... Oh. I don't know how Arsenal beat United one week and then lose to Villa the next week. I mean, I do, because it's Arsenal. For sure. But, like, what? Like, <laughs> not only, and I'll say this now objectively, now that the game has passed and United have gained number three points, not only did Arsenal beat us, but they deserved to beat us. They pressed us off the yeah. park, they played well. Yes, they got a penalty and that was only the, the only difference, but they deserved to win it more than we did because they wanted it more. You have to continue that mentality, Arsenal. You can't be going to Villa next week thinking we're going to roll them over after they've beaten Liverpool 7-2 this season. What are you talking about? Yeah, it ain't happening. Again, they the bright it's like the Brighton effect amplified tenfold. Villa will always make it difficult for you. They will never roll over and die. They never get spanked five nil. Ain't happening. They're on cruise control, and I'm loving it. As a neutral, I'm loving it. Ooh, I'd much rather. I would much rather see their ascendancy than a Liverpool ascendancy to the Premier League. That's all I'm saying. So keep going. Keep that game in hand. Beat every team in the Premier League apart from us. 
and we're all good, Aston Villa, trust me. Oh, mate, Aston Villa are going to come for you. Please They're going to come for us. And it's... My body is not ready for that. Exactly. They, they, they both... drove us 2-2 last season as well, Old Trafford. Oh. You would and that was when said... they were crap. Yeah, and you would never have said at the start of the season that the teams you didn't want to play was Southampton and Aston Villa, because I don't want to go near either of those sides right now. I know, and United have got uh, Southampton in a couple of weeks, so that will be interesting. Indeed. Look, great weekend of football. Uh, a couple great. of shock results, but other than that, that's what it says on the tin. Love it. Really enjoyed it. We'll briefly talk about the whole Premier League scrapping the £15 fee thing. So, there are reports, Ian, that Mm -hmm. due to universal hatred of this plan from everyone, even people who've reluctantly paid £15, it's being scrapped because of second lockdown, effectively. The rumour is at the moment that for the the next game week, so the 21st of November onwards, Mm -hmm. that broadcasters are in the next coming days, hashing it out between them to see who's going to show what games. But effectively, yeah. no one was paid £15. A lot of people haven't paid the £15. There's a lot of general unhappiness about it, so the broadcasters have been forced to get rid of it. And I think it's the right thing to do. You know, when everyone's hard up for money, and listeners, I'll be completely candid with you, I'm not incredibly hard up for money, but it's, it's tighter times than I'm ever, I've ever liked. If someone is paying for Sky Sports and BT Sports and we're in a pandemic, they should be able That's to watch Prime. all the games. And Prime, they should, they should be able to uh, watch all the games without paying extra. Paying extra is a joke. These Premier League clubs are coming to you and saying, oh, the money's coming to us. The money's coming. Where is your proof that the clubs are getting the money? There's Where no is proof. your proof? There is no That's proof. It. They're saying that because they want to benefit from it. And at least if you're going to do a box office system, have the exciting games being paid for not like fulham versus west brom on a friday night people don't want to pay 15 pound to watch that crap do they no offense for fulham west brom but it is what it is i think in times like this maybe we should be going look sky bt amazon you can't you none of you can get it together simple solution here is none of you show it Mm. you can have your key games but the rest of the games are going to go to the club's respective individual channels so man united tv chelsea tv arsenal tv and people can just pay X amount a month and watch all the games. Wouldn't that be a smarter business model? I know. I don't understand why we're not at that level yet. Like, because all you want to watch is your team's games. And you, if you're someone who wants to watch the whole of the Premiership, then yeah, you're gonna have to find a solution to get that. But at the end of the day, most people just want to watch their games. And the fact that FA Cup still is free for all is what is exciting about that. And that's why it gets so much interest. Well, where's where's the streaming service that we need for the Premier League? That's the reality. All those three companies should come together and say we're going to create a a, a three-way shared streaming platform where people pay £15 a month and they can watch every game. I would buy that. 100% I would buy that. Your only issue there is everyone else involved, like the sponsorship deals, because obviously Sky is sponsored by different people, BT is sponsored by different people. You all get get a little taste of the pie. What does it matter? No, but it's the sponsors. That's the other. Like it's the layers, isn't it? It's just, it's just well, it's stupid, crap. corrupt crap is what it is, Ian. And I'm sick of it. I know. I'm with you. I just want to watch football. Do you know? In America, listeners, they can watch sports. If they go to uh, a Buffalo Wild Wings or a bar, they can watch every single game. There's no limitations on time of day, or on the amount you can watch, on the cost. You pay for a sports package, you get the sports. That's what that. That's just something as simple as we want. And we have to play this game of 3D, 4D chess to try and bloody watch a live game of football. And I'm sick of it. 
I don't want to watch dodgy streams anymore. I hate having to keep buffering it every, every refreshing it every five minutes. I just want to watch the bloody football, not appear to be a bloody luddite because I'm like, oh fucking hell, the stream's gone down again. Yeah, it's yeah, stupid. Yeah. Like, it annoys me. So just bin off your bloody fees, bin off your bloody self-serving and self-aggrandizing sponsorship deals and fucking just give me the football. Thank you very much. That is a personal message from Harley Cooper. It pisses me off, is what it does. Right. Now, Brighton, man. Some more joyful things. A maybe. very joyful occasion. Oh, Bruno Fernandes. I'm not wearing the shirt today because I can't find it, but it is around here somewhere. There were two braces this weekend, I believe, which was Ollie Watkins and Bruno Fernandes. I messaged Ian immediately after Bruno scored, and I said, It's Bruno. And he was I like, well, say, the weekend's still young. I was like, it is Bruno, Trucker. Because of the, when we beat you, and I was like, are we going to have the brace from? I'm like, no, nope, we're not doing that one. I was like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. No, it's Bruno. Okay. And quite right, it is Bruno, because I'm sure Ollie Watkins will score a brace again, but it's very rare that a midfielder scores a brace. So obviously, it was the only logical choice. I'm sure you can understand that, Ian. So, there was no logic. Stop trying to. No, there was. You've had two Spurs break showcases, and I've had no Man United ones. What can so, I say? We, we just score goals. That's what we do. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> the Portuguese Magnifico is what he's known as at Old Trafford. And while some people might call him charlatan names like Bruno Fernandes, and he's overrated, he's not that good. Listen, he bloody is that good. And he's going to prove it to you. Bruno Fernandes. He's 26 years old. He is Man United's number 10. He is a Portuguese international. And he's a sexy mother trucker, if I do say so myself. But we'll start at the beginning. His favourite number is number 18. Odd choice. I would love to see him in the number 7 at United, Ian. But we'll see what time does for that. Spent his youth career in Zipotregal. Starting off in 2002 to 2004 in Infesta. Not an infestation, just a football club. <laughs> then moved on from there to Boa Vista from 2004 to 2012. He also had one youth loan from 2005 to 2010 to Palestiniera. And finally, his first club, he started there at youth, but he eventually got promoted, was at Navarra, which he joined in 2012, 2013, and he got promoted from the youth team into the senior team from that setup. So that's that's a little bit about his his upbringings, and I think after looking at like James Rodriguez and Hyunmin Song, you see yeah. that a lot of players that are outside of the UK don't really tend to go on loan. Do you see what I mean? Right. Like it's 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 yeah. it's more that they actually earn their way into the team. They move from club to club rather, being bought as a as a, always a planned addition rather than a potential profit. And I think obviously that's probably systemically says something bad about the Premier League, <laughs> that every player is seen as an investment rather than a opportunity. Whereas sure. European clubs seem to see them as opportunities. Yeah. We'll start at our first talking point, which is Serie B Runo. Sorry, Ian, I had to do it. Navarro. 2012 to 2013 was his first season. That wasn't in the Serie B. That was in the Portuguese lower leagues. He made 23 appearances and scored four goals. At that point, he caught the eye of Udinese. Now, there's, there's something very interesting about his time in the Serie A, Ian, and I'll, I'll sort of take you through it. So in the summer of 2013, Fernandez signed for Udinese Calcio in a co-ownership deal. Do you know what that is? 
phone just literally sounds like a loan. So now it's abolished. It was abolished in 2015, right. and the Serie A were one of the last leagues to allow it to happen. So what happened was essentially is he was co-owned by two different clubs. So he was co-owned by Sampdoria and Udinese. Right. So both clubs owned him, but he could only be registered at one per season. Okay. He spent three years at Udinese, and in that time he made 86 appearances and scored 10 goals. And then on the August 16th, 2016, he moved to Sampdoria with an obligation to buy and be signed permanently. So that would end the co-ownership. And because co-ownership deals were ended in 2015, yeah, he struggled again in the Serie A. Sampdoria aren't really a good side. Udinese aren't that great of a side. He made 33 appearances and he scored five goals. So collectively, I think he scored something like a, in like 119 appearances in the Serie A. He only scored 15 goals. Not great. Oh, I know that. Not the best, considering who. Bruno's is a journey of chance and opportunity, and and finding the right setup and being unleashed onto the the Premier League, you know. And he's not just a penalty merchant, I promise. So <laughs> he had a difficult time in the Serie A. Again, he wasn't playing for high-profile clubs. Udinese and Sampdoria aren't ever going to win the Serie A. Let's be real. Yeah. So after uh, I think it was a combined four years in Italy. Bruno had enough. He wanted to go somewhere where at least he would be competitive. On June 27th, 2017, after returning from UEFA under 21's European Championship, Fernandez joined Sporting for five years for a fee reported to be about 8.5 million plus bonuses and a buyout clause of 100 million pounds. <laughs> back, back there, that's probably about 80 million quid. They paid... Yeah. £6.5 million for him. He scored four goals in his first five Premier League, uh, so uh, Portuguese League games, including a brace in a 5-0 away win against Vitória. His time in sporting was incredibly lucrative for him. (laughs) Now, maybe that says something about the quality of the Portuguese League and why it's not considered to be one of the top five leagues, but, you know, whatever. So he was considered to be a Serie us flop ian oh god man i'm sorry i'm sorry i also did put last bastion of the co-ownership deal (laughs) so sporting savior sporting had a couple of years where they were sort of meandering mid-table they're a side that have historically pushed uh well um, produced like cristiano ronaldo they had bastos who was doing bits for them during his time there they never won the the league unfortunately they won two trophies they won the the taca da liga and uh, the Taka de Portugal. Yeah, two trophies, very good. Something that you needed. It was a League Cup. It was something akin to, it's like the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup, effectively, yeah. effectively is what he won. So at the moment in time, Bruno Fernandes has three trophies to his name. So I'll briefly speak about the third trophy. Obviously, he was sadly part of the side that beat England in the Nations League. Not beat us, but won the competition that we were part of. His time with Portugal has been okay he's made 23 appearances and scored two goals he played at youth level for, for each iteration so under 19s under 20s under 21s under 23s it's it's hard i guess to be the star man when cristiano ronaldo is the person you're competing against yeah that's tough so you know he's doing the best he can internationally but he's really thrived at domestic level now 
a couple of years ago, I don't know if you heard about this, Ian, but there was a issue at Sporting with the fans because Sporting underperformed in the Portuguese league. Uh, uh, seven players terminated their own contracts in a response to an attack by fans. So right. four members of the Portugal World Cup squad, Rui Patricio, that's how he ended up going to Wolves as a little thing. William Carvalho, Gelson Martins and Bruno Fans have joined Ruben Ribeiro, Bastos and Daniel Podence, again, who's at Wolves. The players wrote to the club citing Just Cause. It comes after a group of 50 fans attacked players and staff in May. The union added that a court will have to establish the existence of Just Cause, blah, 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 blah. So essentially, because they finished fifth and they didn't get Champions League football, a group of fans decided it was apt to attack the players and staff. Uh, Bastos had several cuts on his head. The club missed out on Champions League place on the final day of the season. After the alleged attack, a club statement read, Sporting is not this. Sporting cannot be this. We will make every effort to establish full responsibility for what has happened. And we will demand the punishment of those who acted in this absolutely pitiful way. The Portuguese League also released a statement strongly condemning the violent acts. The behaviours that are being reported by the press are regrettable and have no place in professional football. The perpetrators are not football fans, but criminals. Well, yeah, rightly said. I mean, that is insane. Like, I've never understood that. Like, why are you going to attack the player? Like, it doesn't go that deep. I know we love football, but it isn't that deep. Listen, it's just Champions League one season. You get it next year, and I think they bloody did. So... Bruno was one of the ones they convinced to stay. Carvalho left. Das, uh, Bastos left. He went to Frankfurt. Um, Daniel Podence went to Wolves. Rui Patricio went to Wolves. And rightfully so, because as a footballer, you, I guess you expect some sort of protection or security. Yeah, and if it's not provided, then of course you're going to leave. Yeah. It's tough. I understand. I think probably that's where Bruno's heart started to fall out of love with sporting. And, and then eventually paved the way for him to come to Manchester United. But he had one more accolade to achieve before he left the Portuguese outfit. He scored, in a single season, 33 goals from centre-attacking midfield. Calm down. He was named the Premier League Player of the Year for the second successive year. And he also, that made him Europeans or the European all-time top goal scorer for that season. Jeez. So here you go, look. He scored a record 33 goals in all competitions, making him the highest-scoring Portuguese midfielder and the highest-scoring midfielder in Europe in a single season ever. That, that is insane. Still overrated, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I understand the argument. Yeah, he did it in Portugal. But so far, his numbers don't look too bad at Manchester United. That's all I'm saying. He made 83 appearances and scored 39 goals for Sporting. That's league goals, not including the goals he scored in external competitions. And that's what made him Europeans' highest goal scorer. So I put stat padder here because people love to refer to Bruno Fernandes as a stat padder. Like, oh, he has a bad game, but he gets an assist. Oh, he has a bad game, but he scores yeah. a penalty. So his stats look great, but his performances aren't bullshit. I, I can give you a little bit of a personal anecdotal journey when it comes to the transfer of Bruno. He came in January, as we all know, of 2020, but there were rumblings in the summer before that he would come. And United did their classic, I'm an Arin, we don't want to pay that much, we're going to Sancho this situation. So on deadline day, we were all hoping Bruno Fernandes was going to come. And there was another club who suddenly perked their head up about the last week of the transfer window, Ian. 
Do you know who that was? Who said, oh, we might buy him? Oh, I don't know. Spurs. Did we really? He said we might buy him, and he said he didn't want to go there because... He said he wanted to go. He didn't want to go there because Cristiano said that he should go to Manchester United. That's it. So he obviously idolises Ronaldo in some way and was like, "I want to follow that that I mean, who sort of classic journey that he went on that that beautiful football story that used to be the theatre of dreams. Now it's just a theatre of nightmares." We left it late in the summer. Didn't get him. We left it late in January and just got him. So on Where the 29th of January, we got him. <laughs> With two days to go in the window, we got him. If there is one thing Man United do, is play that transfer window. They'd love oh, to keep. I, just hate it. I mean, we did it this year as well, didn't we? We went through it uh, earlier this year, but oh, I hate it. Mess. I don't know how you get through, man. I hate it so much. But when we get players like this, it's worth it, right? Yeah, we had to wait a little bit for him. So at that time, Man United had just lost two 0 to Burnley, and Jay Rodriguez had scored a brace against us. Ollie's job was very much on the ropes. A story that continues to happen. So Man United went out and splashed £67 million on Bruno Fernandes. It was £47 million up front with an obligation for bonuses to pay up to 67 That's sure. £20 million under his £100 million. We were very lucky because Sporting's finances were very poor. So that £100 million buyout they had, we did not have to honour it. They were willing to sell. They needed the money. So thankfully they did. Yeah. He signed a five and a half year contract. I hate it when players sign five and a half years, but I get it because obviously he signed in January. So it's a six year contract effectively with probably four and a half years plus a one year extension, I imagine. What an impact this man had. He had a quiet start. He came in against Wolves and we were all sort of watching him with expectation. I remember messaging a couple of Man United friends about him saying, oh, his passing's quite good. I like his passing. <laughs> so, uh, it's very exciting. And then we drew nil-nil with Wolves. And it took him a couple of games to really get into it. But I guess, you know, you can't be too critical of people that are fresh to the Premier League. And he played in the Serie A, which is an overly competitive, especially at the bottom, which is where he played. And then he played in the Portuguese League, which is not competitive. <laughs> Sorry. You know, if the French League is called a Farmers League, I don't know what the Portuguese League is called. <laughs> so no offence. They've got a couple of good clubs in there, but that's about it. Yeah. Bruno Fernandes' first goal, uh, first assist came against Chelsea, where he set up Harry Maguire for one of Harry Maguire's rare goals. And he scored his first goal for Man United against Watford. And Ian, what sort of goal to say, but obviously it's a penalty. And this uh, thus begins the narrative of Bruno Fernandes. Like, you can't even talk about him scoring a goal without mentioning <laughs> penalty. Like, you know what penalty he has. You know his penalty. That's all you've got. <laughs> yeah, listen. This man has scored some great goals for United, but yeah, he does take our penalties. But the reason Fernandez takes the penalties is because he's assured in front of the spot. He's taken 13 penalties for United. He's scored 11 of them. That's a good return. Pogba's missed like four. Rashford missed like three. And I trust Rashford from the spot as well. I do. But there is a reason this man takes them. It's because he's confident and he's passionate. And he's a player that bounces back. You know, You know those players that... Yeah, miss a pen, but then they score an amazing goal. Like this season against yeah. Newcastle, he missed the penalty against Darlow, and then he scored that absolute worldie against him. 
that's the sort of fighting yeah. heart you want to see. And, and Bruno has that. And I'm a big advocate that Bruno Fernandes should be Man United's captain because he's so passionate. He's always in the referee's face, in his players' faces, passionate, wants to push the line forward, never give up, never say die. He's vocal, he's loud and proud, he's angry. And because he's angry, that means he's passionate. These players that sort of shrug their shoulders and say, oh, you know, we just wanted to play well, but it didn't work out. Rubbish. Sorry, absolute rubbish. Now, I put instant impact, and he did have an instant impact because yeah. what he did was start, he started a chain reaction at United. United were fifth, struggling, 14 points behind Leicester, desperately needed Champions League football. The club was becoming very laughable. It still is slightly laughable, but people were really starting to go in. The first couple of months, he made a huge impact. Then he was voted player of the month for February. Absolute scenes. We love it. He's on FIFA. I can get him. The dream. Then he scored his first brace for the club and got his first goal of the month for, uh, for his half volley against Brighton. What a goal that was. Beautiful team goal for Manchester United. But he is the only player in Premier League history to win player of the month and goal of the month in the same, in the same month, Ian. Do you, can you believe that? That's insane. That's mad. That is mental, isn't it? You think that, that someone who's had an absolutely incredible yeah. season would have won that before. But no, he, not only did he win player of the month February, he won it in March as well. Jeez. All right, so Fuck again, oh, it's like Harry Kane. A couple of uh, uh, he loves a personal accolade. He's addicted to them. After that, he became the first Manchester United player to win back to the back Premier League player of the month since Cristiano Ronaldo. Could that be more fitting? Could I know. it? Ronaldo told him to go, said he'd have a good season there, and he's proven him right. Ronaldo knows. What can I say? Secretly still standing United, and I, and I love it. <laughs> On the back of that as well. He joined in January. He won Player of the Year for United as well in just in just five months because obviously the pandemic and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people cite this, and I will cite this. United went 23 games unbeaten in the Premier League since Bruno Fernandes joined. We've lost since then, but he took us on a run of 23 games where we drew or we won consistently, and that allowed us to go from from uh, 15 points or 14 points behind Leicester to two points above them by the end of the season. He was the personal catalyst, our saviour that season. And I put third is the word for a reason because he bloody took us there. He has had a dream start to the Premier League and I really, really hope it continues. Yeah, man, so. he looks like a great player and he's obviously got the skills, he's got the talent and like you're saying, the passion. Like, that's what you want to see from a player. Listen, in 21 appearances in the Premier League, he has won two player of the month and won one goal of the month. That's bad. <laughs> In 21 appearances in the Premier League, he has 13 goals and 10 assists. Last season, he had, 40, he had eight goals and 14 appearances. This season, he has yeah. five goals and seven appearances. Oh, just, it's good stats, man. It's good. And for all those people that say he only scored 10, he has 13 goals in the Prem, six of them are penalties, seven of them are in open play. So, this is definitely, more, smoke this is definitely more you just sorting no, out. No, well, it annoys me because credit where credit's due. The man is a catalyst for change. The man is an architect. He's a creative maestro. A lot of people criticise him and say, oh, he makes too many risky passes and loses possession. But wouldn't you rather someone try and effectively yeah. have the ability to try rather than Pogba who goes, oh, I'm going to try and chop back on myself and lose the ball and we concede. <laughs> Bruno fights, he runs up yeah. the pitch, he runs down the pitch, he is an engine. And yes, I might be biased, but it's nice to see a world beater 
actually no, united for a change i think that is yeah. that that is the real difference isn't it is if a player tries and fails and then they give up you're like well you're trash like don't be there but if they yeah. try fail and go again and again and again maybe they can't pull it off but you're like you're gonna get there and you're making stuff happen you know if you're pinging it in the box and it's not going to the right person it's in the box like that's mm. what you want so yeah i mean pogba plays pogba does not play for the badge right not that's the problem Bruno lives and bleeds the badge of every club he's at. That's that's what people love about Bruno Fernandes. So hats off to him. He's a phenomenal player. He is a Portuguese magnifico. And this season, if those numbers continue, he could be scary in terms of goal scoring. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm sure many of them listeners will be penalties, but I don't care. Okay? I, mean, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Indeed. If the shoe's on the other foot, you're going to take any penalty you can. People could say, oh, Harry Payne, Harry Payne always takes penalties. Harry Payne, effective, there you go, sir. Harry Payne, Harry Kane, Harry Kane. Like, you just making everything up. Harry Kane is a good player. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you score penalties as long as you contribute all over the pitch and in in a variety of ways. That's what you want. If you're confident enough, I promise you, every time Kane steps up to take that penalty, Tottenham fans think he's scoring this. That's what a good penalty taker instills in you. When, it, when Kane steps up for England, when Rashford had to take one against Belgium, I was like, where's Kane? I genuinely was like, where's Kane? Because I know literally 99 times out of 100, Kane will score. He's probably out taking the corners. Yeah, listen, let's not talk about that 2016 <laughs> debacle. There's your Fernandez brace showcase. I love this week's. I won't <laughs> lie to you. I need more. Listen, Rashford, listen, get out there. Martial, get out there. We need the goals. Go, go, go. You'll probably say that and it'd be someone like Matt or Maguire. And you're like, now listen, like FIFA does with informs, we will never do a a brace showcase from a team back-to-back weeks. There will always have to be some sort of break in between them. Because otherwise... No, no, because there was James Rodriguez and Vardy in between that. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. You see. And because, you know, Harold of the Kane, I I wanted to talk about him. And we got to. There's some great players in the Premier League. What can, what can we do? So now, Sorry. listeners, it's time for ye old favourite, the mm-hmm. head-to-head results. Now, listeners, listen here. Let me tell you. Harley smashed Ian up in the Fantasy League again this week. Surprise, surprise. Still top of the league. It was a really bad week for everyone, I think, in terms of fantasy. Yeah, league. I made some poor choices. Son, your captain, hesitant in front of goal, didn't take the shot when it was there. And no assists or anything. Oh, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It is tough. But still, brought in Grealish. I'm a winner. That's all that matters. Oh, get over yourself. Woohoo! This week I'm on high. Next week you'll have deflated high again. Yeah, exactly. We lost to West Brom. I'm a fucking joke. You know, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. Some weeks I'll be elated, some I'll be dejected. And just like when I go through the YouTube comments of any sort of reaction channels, people are like, oh, I love it. Oh, I love it that he's (laughs) upset this week. You know, that, that, that time will come for me every every other week with United at this point. So, head to head results, Ian. Let's go through them. Ian, Brighton Burnley. Well, we know the result. It's nil nil. It was a nil nil. So, you went 2 0 Brighton. Oh, what fool I am. And I went 2 2. So, yeah, one point for me. You get on such technicalities every single time. I hate <laughs> what can I do? What can I do? I, I, I call I just, them as a team. I just want to let viewers know that Carly came up with this game, so it's no surprise he's winning. Just going to start sowing that seed. Oh, God, here we go. You're like a Republican US citizen at the moment. <laughs> no, I take stop, it all back. Stop, stop the count. Stop the count. <laughs> stop the count. I'm winning 1-0 up. Stop the count. 
Okay. Southampton, Newcastle. The score was in. Uh, 2 0 to Southampton. Ian, you put 3 1. So you get one point. Oh. I put 2 0. Oh, get wrecked. <laughs> so I get three points. So it's 4 1 to me. Now, Ian, in, a, in another timely tradition, you didn't back Man United and they won. So there is some truth there as well. So you drew, you predicted a draw, which was obviously one-one. Uh-huh. So yep. eh, eh, I went two-nil United. So I'll take my one point quite yeah, happily at five-one. Yeah. We both backed Leeds, and we oh, both were wrong. Flawless, indeed, four-one to Palace. In that four-one to Palace. I went two-one Leeds. Eh, eh, you went two-nil. Eh, eh. You tried. Now, Chelsea Sheffield. Indeed. You went two-nil. Okay. To to um to Chelsea, so that's right. That's a point for you. One, but you said four one, didn't you? Go on, I said three one. <laughs> oh, oh. I know, I know, I know. Oh, I was about to leave. All of you said four one. <laughs> no, so it, it it's two it's two six to me or six two to me rather at the moment. A scoreline you're not unfamiliar with when it comes to me. And so fuck off. Oh. Uh, West Ham, you put a draw. Oh, damn. Two two. And I put 3-0 West Ham. So we're both quite far off, but it's 7-2 to me at the oh, moment. Then I went for a very audacious 5-1. <laughs> I said you were uh, You were. I was right that Spurs would win, just not by the, the margin. So I, I said 5-1, which was a bit, a bit rowdy. Two, I think I said 2-0, right? Uh, you said 3-0, so that's 8-3 to me. Now, Leicester, you backed, and I didn't. So I said I said two one Wolves. That's wrong, and you said three two Leicester. Oh, we're so far off. So I know, but that's uh, that's eight uh, eight four. So winning. Yeah, I mean I know. So then Manchester City, Liverpool. A one one. You put one one Ian. Did I really? Yeah. Oh man, madness! (laughs) So it's eight. It's eight seven. I put, oh, I put two two, so it's oh, nine seven. I definitely backed Villa, right? Come you on, backed man. Villa, but you got it wrong. By <laughs> <laughs> one point. No. So I backed Villa. I said two one Villa, and you said two nil Villa. If you put three nil Villa, oh. we would have tied. Oh, you done me over. So in the end. It ends 10-8 this week. So it started off slow, but I tell you what, it ended quite well. It's very you exciting. You got towards the end of the weekend, for sure. Oh, man. All right, all right, here we go. So building that's 7-1 up. to me overall. Just building up that momentum, following the Aston Villa and Southampton blueprint. I am. I'm on my own mojo. I don't care what you're saying. I'm holy. <laughs> I will. I'm building myself up, man. I'm rocky right now. I'm getting ready. You came bloody close that week, I tell you that. So here we go, listeners. This week. Well, Couple of weeks, isn't it? Oh, yeah, but we'll we'll call them now because we're audacious like that. So, game week nine. Right, here we go. First game is Newcastle Chelsea. What are you going for, Ian? 2 0 Chelsea. 2 0 Chelsea. Okay. I'm going to go 4 1 Chelsea, not Liverpool, and not Newcastle. Then, your friend and mine, Handles Like a Dream, Aston Villa versus B Town. What are you saying? Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, 3-0 Villa. Oh, see, I was feeling that. I don't know if they're going to smash. I'm going to go 2-0 again, but Villa, of course. 2-0 Villa. 
put Ian. Okay. Next game is Burnley versus the Eagles, Crystal Palace. Absolutely anything, couldn't it? Palace yeah. come out. Yeah, it's just a crazy. Or it could be a bore draw. I'm gonna go one one. One one. Okay. I'm gonna go two one Burnley. I'm feeling a bit hurry page. There I go. Turn the page. Fulham versus Everton. I want to back Everton, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know there either. Look, I said last week, people were looking at their calendars thinking, when are they playing Fulham? When are they playing West Brom? Everton need these three points. Sure. So if, if, if this week I back them and they let me down, I will not back them again. I'm going to yeah. go 3-1 Everton. Ooh, see, I'm 4-1 Everton. 4-1 Everton. Okay, you price of right me, you mother trucker. Right, Liverpool-Leicester. This is a good game. That's a big game. This is a big, good game. The old Rogers back at Anfield. Oh, i got to kick this one off, haven't I? Yeah, you've got to kick it off. I'm glad. 2-0. Two 2-2, two -two, I could see that. That's yeah. not a bad shout. I'm going 3-1 Leicester. Ooh. I, I just I don't think Liverpool are going to win the league, and it's not because I'm a Man United fan. I just don't think they're going to do it. I don't know what it is. I think it's games like this where they're just going to drop the points. Like drop points. This could be a draw yeah. very easily. It's exactly. a tough game. They're not going to have Joe Gomez if they if they press Leicester. That's the most dangerous tactic against Leicester because if you push yeah. them high, all they're going to do is break. And if Jamie Vardy is indeed having a party that day, you are in nightmare land. That's yeah. where you are. There's one team that knows how to counter. Like, it's Leicester. It's that is their entire footballing identity. So then we've got Man United versus versus West Brom at Old Trafford. United still haven't won a game at Old Trafford this season in the Premier League. I'm gonna go three 0 United. Always oh, feeling pretty still. Ooh, um, I always back them even if I think otherwise. But I do genuinely think we will beat them this time. So I'm gonna go. Yes, don't back them. Back West Brom. Back West Brom. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to back them now for Messi. <laughs> no, I do. I think. I think you're going to play. I think it's two-one Man United. Two-one Man United. Okay. I hate you. Don't ever back <laughs> us again, you scumbag. We're going to back you week in, week out. Okay. So next game is Wolves uh, Southampton. versus Southampton. Oh man! What Southampton. a game of beautiful football. <laughs> that is going to be a stunning game of football if they yeah. both play on form. Uh, but I think Southampton are going to have a field day. I'm going to go 3-0 uh, Southampton. 3-0. Jesus. I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. Okay. I think it's a draw. Then Ian. Then Ian. Spurs versus Manchester City. Or oh, you need to win this game. Yeah. But this one is so... Like, it's either a draw or Spurs are going to, like, have a great day and run away with it a little bit. I don't know which way. Obviously, I want to back for the win. I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs. Okay, I'm going to go... I'm going to up it 3-1 Spurs. Wow. Believes. Do I believe. you believe in Mourinho? Wins the win, though. That's all I'm banking on. I have no real logic to that. I just think Spurs are going to beat City because City looks so apathetic and lethargic. Yeah, it's definitely going to be pulling teeth. Those three goals are going to come... I think those yeah. sort of games are made for Mourinho. Do you know what I mean? That like the when you beat them last year with Bergvine came on, scored, and then Sun scored again quickly and you beat them 2-0. Those it are the is, sort of games that he lives for. 
exactly. It's like we were saying earlier. Man City are going to press, and that's what Spurs are going to enjoy. They're going to enjoy being pressed, and they're going to take it back up the other end of the field. But I'm, just I, like, I, I will make a prediction that I think Harry Kane will have a quiet game. Uh, I think yeah, that, that game but, is made for Hyun Min Son. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but, it, but I definitely think on the form that Kane is, he's definitely going to be in around the box. Oh, it might be an assist. I just don't think yeah, he's going to score. I don't, yeah, I totally agree. I don't see him scoring in that game, but I think he's going to be at the heart of the team as always. So then Sheffield, West Ham. Again, Sheffield seems to be finding a little bit of life. Yes, Chelsea yeah. you know, beat the crap out of them on the scoreline, but I think Sheffield actually played okay. Uh, West Ham should win this game. So classic case of will they win this game because they should win it. Uh, I'm going to say a draw, actually. I think it's going to be 1-1. Um, I'm going to go 2-0 West Ham. 2-0 West Ham. Okay. Then I'm going to go for Leeds Arsenal. Oof. Hey, that Sunday could be a really boring day of football, couldn't it? I mean, it could be an incredibly boring day of football. I think it's going to be something absurd like 3-3. Ooh, you think Arsenal can score? Yeah, I do. Because Le- Leeds can't defend. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so, I think there is a possibility of both. I think it's going to be a draw, and I think it's going to be high scoring. I don't know what it is. I just, uh, I just got that gut feeling. Yeah, it's definitely a game of fire and ice, isn't it? They're just going to cancel each other out, basically. Oh, man. I'm going to go 2-1 Leeds. 2-1 Leeds. I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. mate. Yeah, we d- we didn't really rib Arsenal enough, but they had a really bad game against Villa. <laughs> didn't you know? And I, I know Arteta tried to take the flat for it and say, "Oh, it's my fault" and all this sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, every player is culpable for what they do on the pitch. You have to turn up on the day, and Arsenal didn't. So I can see them beating big teams in a very traditional uh, against the norm format, and then losing to smaller teams because they can't break them down. Well, Ian, I think that was actually quite a long one. I can't, my gauge on time is slightly off because we had to stop a couple of times. Yeah, but definitely in the, the longer area. But still, that was one of my most enjoyable ones, I won't lie. Not just because of Bruno, because I think, you know, we both had fun with it. It was a great week of Premier League football. And you know what? Sometimes you just need that dramatic escapism, if you know what Guys, I mean. Look, the way it is. Premiership's finding its flow, we're finding our flow. Which is well, it's the new norm, right? Everything's mental and we just embrace it. So, I think that concludes another week on the, the Brace Yourselves podcast. We're both exhausted, our lips are numb, our tongues are tired, but we thank you for listening this long if you have. Other than that, Ian, I don't really know what to say. Rather than thank you, we love you, we hope lockdown is treating you well. And hopefully next time we'll treat you to another Manchester United Brace Showcase because I'll break the rules for myself. (laughs) See how I'm losing all these competitions, people? See how I'm losing? It's rigged. Okay. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Peace.